You're listening to. And you're listening to the Clubcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. And hey everybody, welcome to episode 159 of the Collabcast. It is Friday, February 16th, 2018. My name is Marvin Yeah. I'm Minji Chang. And we are your hosts for this weekly look at Asian American pop culture. And um, happy new year to happy everybody. Lunar happy year. Lunar New Year. It is now officially the year of the dog. Just two years away from the year of the rat, which means I am turning 34 this year. Dating yourself. I do math by the Zodiac calendar. That's good. That's I don't I remember anything. <laughs> well, our guest this week is returning. Um, one of our favorite guests. Um, yeah. Director, award-winning director. Yes. Andrew On. It's been a little while. It's Hi. been a while. Welcome hey, back. Happy New Year, am I, Andrew. Am I collab cast guest like supreme? Always. Sure. <laughs> While the others aren't here, we're going to say yes. Okay, yes, you great. are. We I know. I'm just like, how many times data. has Jenny been on? How many times has Sean been on? Who cares? No. <laughs> I love you guys. Andrew Arn is coming at us fresh up. You just premiered a new TV show. Two days ago, now. right? Yeah. So uh, I directed um, the entire first season of a TV show for Sundance Now called This Close. Um, yes. Uh, and... It's been getting really great press, and and we uh, screened the first two episodes uh, at the Sundance Film Festival a couple of weeks ago, which was really cool. Has yeah. it only been a couple of weeks? Because it feels like a lifetime. I know, I know. Maybe I couldn't go weeks. because we left the day of the screening. Yeah, I was really bummed. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, but congrats, to you. We're going to talk to you more about that directing at the show and. Cool. Um, all that good stuff um, later on. Um, but as always, we start off our podcast with a uh, pop culture roundtable. Um, and our first question for everyone here is, as always, what are you into? Into. Yeah. What have you been watching? I feel ill prepared. I just found out that Amy Schumer got married. That's not like really something to watch or know. I'm really <laughs> like, yeah, that's like the thing on my mind right now. She just like surprised everybody and got married. Congrats, Amy Schumer. What else am I into? I don't know. Um, I I can say uh, I've been following um, RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. New season, All Stars 3. Very go, nice. Go Trixie Mattel. Apparently it's um, one of me Ryan Nagasu's favorite shows. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> um, and I'm sure Adam Rapon too. <laughs> am, I, am I being stereotypical? Sorry. Um, just an assumption. Um, uh, and then um, uh, I saw um, uh, The Mortified Guide. Right. I watched yes. the episode with Naomi Ko. Shout out to Naomi. Um, Another awesome. premiere on Sundance 
It's also on Sundance now. No, right? no, no. It's on it's Netflix. It's on Netflix. Oh, it's, it's on Netflix. Well, yeah. it, it also premiered at the Sundance Film Festival. Yeah, yes. we got to yeah. interview yeah. the creators. That was amazing. Congrats yeah. to Naomi. Yeah. It's really funny, and, and Naomi is, like, so great in it. And, yeah. Um, I mean, she's in her element, though, For really. those of you who want to <laughs> this is Naomi Coe's famous um, Harry Potter erotic fan fiction Mm-hmm. story so if that doesn't get you interested i don't know are you alive go check it out on netflix right now um but andrew tell me about rupaul's drag race what, what sell me on this like why should i watch this show it's great I mean, marvin watches a lot of things i'm the one that watches nothing so it's kind of a different sell to both of us so uh it's just like so much fun um, i'm all about fun and and who doesn't love a good lip sync right uh yes and 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 actually like it's it's surprisingly like uh, heartwarming and and there's a, like uh, kind of a journey that the drag queens go through you know being on the competition um, you know that shows a lot of personal growth it's just it's like surprisingly touching and I just I remember I wasn't actually into it like all my friends would like go to you know WeHo to watch like screening parties um, <laughs> but then like I wasn't, I wasn't like I, I, I never even gave the the show a shot. And then um, there's a drag queen, I think on season eight, uh, Damn, maybe season at seven. They're at season like ten. It's been on for a long. Yeah, time. I mean, there's been a reason why this show's yeah. been on for a long time. Exactly. Then, yeah. But yeah, so there was a, a Korean American drag queen, Kimchi. And, <laughs> oh my god! And, I have to watch this. And uh, and he wore a hanbok, you know, as a part of uh, his drag. And I remember seeing it being like, this is amazing. And like, <laughs> as someone who's always looking for those intersection of like queer and Korean, Korean American <laughs> culture, like I, I had to watch it. And so I binged that season and then I like binged the previous seasons and then I've been following all the future seasons. Was um, Kimchi your segue? Was that the gateway into the show? Was that yeah, the exactly. Okay, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see, I it feel was like the Asian American element. I feel like that's a lot of our gateways into like reality television is like, that one season where you had the brother sister from Taiwan on the greatest race. I watched that. <laughs> or um, when I first watched um, Top Chef, because they've always had at least one Asian chef on the cast. And yeah. You root for them until they yeah. get cut and then you stop watching. Yeah. yeah. Um, or you're invested and you're watching the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's, it is like a thing where like you're just like, oh, it's, it's, um, it, it, it's that a way into yeah, <laughs> yeah, I could be a drag queen. <laughs> Why um, not? I don't think I'd be very good at it. Um, but but yeah, I mean it's it's it's. I mean, you just have to such... shave off that mustache, the glorious mustache. You have to you shave have. off your mustache, and then a lot of drag queens actually shave their eyebrows off uh, to redraw it. Yeah, you redraw them because eyebrows them are the most important thing on your face. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fact. I keep reiterating this to Marvin. I did see a photo of you. From Valentine's Day, where you had your eyebrows were like very on point. Oh, like, thank you. Oh, thank you. I was very into them. I appreciate uh, that. Uh, <laughs> I feel like there's been again the of, most important thing. <laughs> I mean, uh, speaking of Netflix, I, they just rebooted um, the Queer Eye series too, yeah, right? Have yeah. you been watching that? Or I right? haven't. I haven't um, watched it, but I've heard really good things from folks. Yeah. And, and again, I think like I think it's more emotional than you expect it to be. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I was skeptical. I, I am skeptical, but I've I'm always skeptical. And I think that's why I just stay away from watching most things. Usually, mm. by the time I have any time or brain space or desire to get into something, I feel like everybody's had their say on mm. it. So it's kind of ruined no matter what. <laughs> Either like, oh, you overhyped it, or like, you're wrong. You have bad taste, and this is amazing. 
But yeah, no, that was the only thing that I ever got into late was Parks and Rec. And I still mm. appreciate you, Marvin, for bringing that into my life. I mean, if you like Parks and Rec, there's he's made like Mike Schur's made other shows. Like I know. Nine Nine and but The Good Place is one I'm of the shows. I'm busy too. rewatching Parks and Rec. Uh, <laughs> or the, and or The Office. Oh, uh, well, I'm also trying to get Minji to read this book, which she has been reading. I have yeah, been reading. Yeah. yeah. Pachinko, which I, which I mentioned um, two weeks ago, I think, on the podcast. Yeah. So what we need to do is commend Marvin for his persistence and his. Uh, <laughs> his sheer stamina and bugging I, me. I need to get my pop culture co-host to get up on the pop culture. I know. <laughs> well, my commentary is how I don't know anything. I'm contributing. Um, I've just been watching a buttload of Olympics. <laughs> just like <laughs> buttloads of Olympics. I watched curling yesterday. I watched uh, hockey. I watched. What is the quantity skating. that constitutes a buttload? <laughs> like it's just it's it's just. <laughs> Constant. Now I have the visual. When I I'm know. Working, I was like, <laughs> when I'm working on at, at home, it's just on in the background. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's it's great. Like I like it was on at a restaurant that I was at the other day. Yeah, and, like I couldn't stop watching, even though I know nothing about yeah. like yeah. giant slalom or whatever it's called. <laughs> You know, but yeah, I mean, like the Asian Americans, like, f- like killing they're killing it. her right now. Yeah, Mira was like, on, she was on TV when I was eating mm. on Sunday, so I got to see part of that. She's just incredible, and shout out to she's her. a local girl too. Her parents own a Japanese restaurant in Arcadia, and I bet it's like getting lots of business. Hopefully. I really want to go. Yeah. So they have they have a Mirai Olympic role, <laughs> and I really want it. I think. Well, we've talked about this like for a couple of days. When is the goal date for you to have? consumed this we'll see we'll see (laughs) but it it is one of those things where it's like oh like her family didn't get to go see her make Olympic history by being the first American woman to land a triple axel at the Olympics and it's just like well then I'm gonna I'm gonna contribute by trying to make you rich through Olympic roles through that and through this podcast now you have now spread the good word yeah I'm I'm sure Mariah and like a lot of the other skiers they have sponsors of some sort but they're not Mm. the big sponsors like Mm. I think Toyota the biggest one is sponsoring the girl that didn't make it um, you see our commercials during the commercial the breaks, but um, it's interesting. Like um, I think uh, Michelle Kwan did an interview talking about watching the Olympics as like an alumnus and talking about how she can relate to Mariah because her parents also own a mm-hmm. restaurant and how because like growing up as children of immigrants, they weren't like ice skating and winter sports in general are. Like it's more expensive to get into than like summer sports. Like you're not just running; you need equipment, right. you need skates, you need yeah. rink time and things like that. Trainers and, like, and um, you cl- need the cold. Sled. Yeah, <laughs> you need to go drive. Like you need to drive six hours to get to Mammoth every yeah. day. So yeah. like you know, obviously, and with a lot of these like kids who like grow up being really good at the sport, one of the parents has to be a stay at home. Mm-hmm. One of the parents has to be the one to take them to the rink, take them to practice, and drive like. Uh, like Chloe Kim's dad quit his job. That's what I was gonna wow. say. Like that was to gonna... drive her to Mammoth like every every week. Shout out yeah. to Chloe Kim, gold medalist, <laughs> what? first of many. Yeah, and let's just get into um, our sports our sports top our news topics uh, for for this roundtable, which is the Olympics. Um, Asian Americans have been um, killing it. Obviously, we're only in three events. We're in um, figure skating, snowboarding, and uh, speed skating. But of the two, we've already medaled. And like Chloe Kim got the gold um, in the team, the, the figure skating team competition. Um, the Ship Sibs, Nathan Chen, Amira Nagasu all got bronze medals. Yeah, they so did. We've accounted for, you know, like, I don't know if that counts as one medal or like 10 medals. I'm not sure, yeah. But I would like to individually acknowledge yeah. each one. 
Um, <laughs> did you watch um, Chloe's thing? Did you watch her when she did her run? Yeah, it was ridiculous. Like I wasn't again. I'm not. I wasn't as invested. I kind of wanted to keep up with the news, but that was incredible. I mean, you can't watch these sports, especially like the the close finals. And Chloe Kim, granted, Chloe Kim's final was not close at all. She like yeah. demolished yeah. the entire field. The entire field. Like they had to spend the rest of the two rounds catching up to her, and like, <laughs> and they because they had to, they had they went big, and like a lot of them fell. Yeah, right. But I had a lot of feelings about her dad. <laughs> oh my god! Did you? Did you? Well, the whole like, like how he said like American Dream, I'm and American I'm just like, oh dream. my god! Did you? I yeah. It's it, a lot it, of feelings. It is. Um, it's such a crazy. There's something about it that's so inspirational, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you're just like, oh my god, this is so great. But then at the same time. Um, and I was talking to, to Sean Muir about this, like, like we as a community are trying to dismantle this kind of like, (laughs) you know, the, the, the fantasy, the fallacy of the American dream. But But um, then when you get that moment, it's kind of like, we just want to like bask in it for a second. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, yeah, yeah, you want, you want to appreciate the work that goes into making a Chloe Kim. Like she didn't pop out good at snowboarding. Like she probably she had, kinda she did, probably but had, then they got she got nerfed. She got talent, but like if right. if her dad didn't quit her his job yeah. and didn't take her to cause like she started snowboarding in Mountain High. You can't get good start snowboarding Mountain High. That 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 mountain is my we, we don't know that. It's my mountain, but it sucks. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um I think just I don't know. Like she she represents like to me another like another generation too, because she's so young. Yeah. And she's seventeen and I and I feel like that it gave a lot of validation, a lot of inspiration. And there's the main thing that I saw from like Angry Asian Man and I think like Jenny Yang, et cetera. Like our friends were all just kind of sharing their thoughts and feelings, which were a lot. But a lot of them were just reflecting on this feeling of being seen. Yeah. You know, they're like, I feel seen finally. And that was very nice. I, I, I concurred. Yeah. It <laughs> yeah. also helps that she's so good at Twitter. <laughs> I know the churro thing and yeah. like the ice cream. I mean, I think what I am so kind of um, inspired by, uh, you know, in this Chloe Kim story is also that she has just so much joy. Mm-hmm. And the fact I that, love like, her smile. like, it's just like the fact that, like, she's not, she doesn't have this burden that I think a lot of us, like, place on ourselves. And I, you know, I'm sure that she has. Like she's gone through stressful moments, but like she is killing it, and she's also just enjoying herself, having a good time, having a great time. And I think that that's such a lesson um, in that, like, yeah, it's like we we still have to find the joy, and we still have to find um, what makes us happy in what we're doing. Right. It's such a juxtaposition to like what I feel like the figure skaters are going through because I feel like the figure skaters have so much pressure on their backs. I mean, yeah. Well, I feel like I've seen only a few from from this past week but they just all you can see that as soon as they're done because they have to kind of end with bravado but at the end you just see them crumble into like i messed up on like you know (laughs) you get you can see it even they they disguise it pretty well but i was like i know that face (laughs) (laughs) well i mean and that was what was so great about um mariah nagasu like when she like landed the triple axel skated a clean program and then like when the music ended, she was like, Screaming. like fist pumping and just so psyched. And I remember seeing that just being like, that's so awesome for like young Asian Americans to see on television and just be like, oh, like, like I want to rock it too. Like that to yeah. me was so yeah. cool. It was very raw. Yeah. I yeah, loved it. it. So that that yeah. image is one of my favorites yeah. of all. It's like when Chrissy Yamaguchi nailed her gold medal um, and 
I think she like cried right away, right? I mean, I, think I mean, there's gonna be a lot. Of there's people. so much emotion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's years and years and it'll hours be, upon hours of training. It'll be interesting. Like, so this weekend coming up is the men's program and the women's program, uh, followed up by the the ice dancing, and. Um, I think Miranda Gossu is not expected to medal. Um, I, I don't think any American is expecting to medal, but if she pulls off her like triple axel, she has a shot. Um, but the men's competitions where like Nathan Chen is expected to at least medal, like him and the Japanese skaters are like the top tier. Very nice. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of like tonight's gonna be a lot of good skating. I think outside the Asian American thing, I just want to acknowledge because this is really exciting. This has nothing to do with Asian America. But when <laughs> Sean White won the gold medal, I thought that was that his last run was epic. That to me, as a as an older thirty plus person, <laughs> made me really proud. I was like, we don't have like all these children can't <laughs> beat us. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, snowboarding is such a new like sport. You don't know how old you can be and still do really well. You know, he, but I mean, that guy's been through like his. his I mean, he definitely looks like big. everyone else's dad on the on the on, he does. He on that look podium. Like, well, but, compared to other kids, but like he's, I don't know. I was like, good job with the haircut, Sean. Um, well, right? I think, yeah. I think Marvin and I have talked about how we're gonna be gold medalists in curling. <laughs> oh, we're gonna we, we're gonna be curlers. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. I'm That's... not sold on curling. Show me, like. I want to participate. Maybe then I'll be like. We can be it. the three-person team. Yeah, they have a co-ed. They have co-ed now this year. Okay. Yeah. What is my role in my? <laughs> my your, your role is to um, who? Who's the stone manager? Because <laughs> there's like that person, and then there's the We're brewing, told. the scrubbing. All right, Andrew and I will go to curling class, and we will learn the basics. I think I could scrub. Go. I'm imagining I might <laughs> contribute in that way. I can scrubbing be swift and nimble. Of, I'm small. <laughs> I hear it requires a lot of um, bicep strength because you're like scrubbing real. real I hard. mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> I lift. <laughs> Are you laughing because you don't at no, all? No, <laughs> I, I probably. All right. No, I'm pretty strong. <laughs> we're, we're, we're making, we're, we're manifesting this 2020 Beijing Olympic Games. <laughs> Choi, <laughs> An, and you team. No, it's got to be I a mean, Winter Olympics 20. Did you say call me Choi? Choi? Did I say Choi? Chang. You said, oh my God. <gasps> I hate you. <laughs> well, actually, that's in my grandma's side of the family. It's fine. Chong, I am part Choi. Chong, Ong, and yeah. Actually, no, but I wouldn't qualify unless I could naturalize as a citizen. Yeah, I was like, oh. saying what? Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Um, speaking of Chong, have you heard about this controversy on like how NBC refuses to say Pyeongchang? Yeah, yeah, they're pronouncing it wrong. Pyeongchang. Apparently, the, the head of NBC made the call saying Pyeongchang sounds cleaner. So that's how we're going to pronounce it cleaner. on all of our networks. Cleaner. Well, isn't the overall consensus that all of the commentary pretty much sucks? So <laughs> nothing new here. It's annoying. The the opening ceremony, like at one point, like my parents and I like turn down Muted. the volume yeah it's just like this is i want to hear airy ram why are they talking to airy ram oh airy ram um and that one dude got fired for saying how korea like koreans really look up to the japanese they're like they're he got fired for that fired yeah i mean it's just such a the the whole thing is just such a weird like example of how like our globalized society is like messing up in all these like intersections of cultures, you know? It's just a sad like I think 
so what I hear is the NBC commentators, they're all super smart. They're all like experts in the field, but they're told to dumb down their commentary for the average American viewer. I think that's the result. That, that's why it sounds like there's reading off Wikipedia during like the opening ceremonies. Here's a fun fact about Korea. You know, well, like part of me is just, I, again, it goes back to this kind of um, topic of representation. Is this like, why not get a Korean American? That's what I was yeah. thinking. Of, like, you Hi, know. I'm available, NBC. <laughs> Fly yeah. my ass out. Yeah. I'll be there. I got you. A host. <laughs> I got 159 I would, episodes. I would love to have someone under an opening service go, actually, <laughs> every time they say something dumb about Korea. First of all, <laughs> no, it's, it, 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 okay, well, I'm going to Tony Robbins this, but it's like, we have to raise our standards. It's like, do the whole dumbing down cons? It just it hurts us all. <laughs> like, just you can speak to everybody as though we're all intelligent beings. Because I think to some like a large degree, we can keep saying how dumb everyone is, but it's just gonna only like, make it more true. Like, just talk to everyone. people. Want to know the information? There's a lot of great ways. It's entertaining. It's like a great celebration. Just, just celebrate with good, intelligent facts. It's, I just that's why in general I don't listen to commentators. I can't critique because I don't listen to them ever. I'm just like, oh, there's the thing. I'll turn on my own soundtrack. I'll mute it and like. I mean, I do want to Whitney know, Houston or something. The greatest love of all. I do want to know <laughs> why a thing is good when it's good, you know, or and why a thing is bad. I think that's. But they're not reliable in the first place. Yeah. Maybe I just see. That. I just lost hope <laughs> for all time. Well, I mean, here's the thing, right? It's like for each sport. <laughs> Right, the commentators are people who usually like, you played know, that sport. played that sport, yeah. and so it's just like yeah, the, the opening ceremonies for the Olympics in Korea. It's like get a Korean person, <laughs> you yeah. know, like um, even one person. There's tons. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I like that in the middle of the Arirang um, segment. <laughs> Arirang. <laughs> They pronounce it correctly, so someone did give him a note saying, "Yeah, he did. He it's, switched. It's Arirang." He switched from Ari Rang. As long as they're not expected to pronounce Dol. <laughs> Dol. Dol. <laughs> um, All the dolls. Well, we're excited for the rest of the Olympics. Um, coming up, more speed skating. Um, where Korea dominates. Did you guys see that? Uh, I think I showed Minji where the Korean uh, women's short track relay team fell and still, and still won, won with the Olympic record. <laughs> Jeez. Mm-mm. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. Let's, Side news, though. I really want to watch Black Panther. Yeah. Next week, we will have our hot takes, hopefully. Fingers I'll crossed. I'll do my best. Black Andrew is watching it tonight. I'm watching it tonight, yeah. yeah. Uh Oh, my God. Jealous. Are you, where are you watching it? Arclight. <gasps> yeah. That's a great setting. Be hearing well. great things about it and looking forward to just enjoying I mean, everyone who's watched it so far is saying that it's the best superhero movie. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. And and I'm a fan of Ryan Coogler. I think yeah. he's super talented. Seriously, this is third movie. Fruitvale Station, Creed. Creed, and this. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know. Quantum Leaping much. Next they'll give him, but like, I love you, Ryan. Next they'll I give think... him, like, I don't know. How much bigger can you get? You know, yeah, I don't think you can. Yeah. <laughs> Just guessing, even though I'm not that big of a I mean, comic. Next person. will be his inception moment where he makes the movie he's always wanted to make with a big budget. Right. Well, he's Hopefully. well on his way. I mean, I'm incredibly I, impressed. Yeah, I mean, I think any any production company studio head would be dumb to like <laughs> not give him 
everything he wants, you know, to be mm-hmm. able to like make something. You'd be surprised because and... racism. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but speaking of superheroes, another news that broke this week is uh, we have a lead actress for the Greatest American Hero reboot. Um, for those who don't know about this show, it's I think it was like an '80s or '90s TV show about um, like a schlubby white dude who finds a super suit from an alien and becomes a superhero. Um, in this reboot version, uh, whose showrunner is uh, Fresh Out the Boat showrunner Nanash Khan, they're rebooting it the the main character as an Indian American woman. Wow. So they casted Hannah Simone, who um, has been playing Zoe Deschanel's best friend for the last few seasons on The New Girl. Uh, she's going to be the the titular greatest American hero. Very so, cool. Very yeah. nice. It's- question, side question, because we always talk about TV and film a lot, and then now sports. Andrew, do you listen to? I never asked you, and I wanted to take this moment on air to ask you: Do you listen to any Asian American music? Asian American music? Yeah. Do you have any faves? Just wondering because I want to get Andrew On's recommendations. Oh man, you know I saw you post about this on Facebook. Oh yeah, right? I did. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I have to say, I feel like everybody, everybody had such great suggestions and like discoveries, and I'm kind of just like discovering. Yeah. I'm, I'm, well, here's the thing. I I, I at least for me, I I don't have the the bandwidth to like be cool in multiple mediums, you know. <laughs> so it's like for me, it's like I I can tell you about film, and I can I can know what films are screening at festivals, and 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 you know is on the kind of vanguard of, um, you know, like independent cinema. Um, but in terms of music, it's like ooh, I'm like. Like, I really like that Rihanna song. (laughs) I just like, I'm curious to know because I was hanging out with our friend Richie Tractivist and he, Mm -hmm. we were talking about TV film. We're talking about representation, how much that visibility means towards just normalizing and kind of having people be open to the great American hero, to independent film, whatever. And like, I don't know. I always go back to music just because that's my first love. Yeah. I music introduced me to everything before film or TV ever became relevant to me as a small child. So I'm just curious because I want to know what, who and what you listen to because I think that's in the next frontier. Yeah, like getting people to get more Grammys and well, the I mean, but the crazy thing is that also I mean, musicians now are are fully expected to have an image and 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 they are in like music videos that you know, count for a lot of their popularity. And so, you know, in in some ways, um, and then you have musicians who are crossing over into acting. Like, I think more and more, um, you kind of have to be like a triple threat, you know, like you, like as a, as an entertainer, you have to be able to do it all. We're becoming like Asian pop culture where everyone needs to sing and act in a drama and also be kind of, yeah. Much, so, yeah. You know. And be on reality TV shows. And have a killer Instagram. Yeah. Are you excited about the HLT reunion on Infinite? Um, yeah. <laughs> I heard Christine. So our office mate, Christine, she's our associate producer. She played like a second and a half of a clip. Like it was not even a full two seconds. And I was like, what are you playing HOT for? Like it just was so instantaneous. And she's like, oh, they're doing their comeback. And like suddenly K pop is relevant to me again. <laughs> so, I had no idea. That's very yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, on that note, we're going to close this roundtable and uh, take a quick break. But we'll be back to talk to Andrew on about this close. 
Hey everyone, Marvin here. Uh, thanks again for listening to this episode of the Collabcast. Um, as always, the Collabcast is a part of Collaboration, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment, discovering, developing, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of the Asian American community in North America and beyond. To learn more about Collaboration, our events, and our other programs, please check out our website at www.collaboration.org. As always, the Collabcast is a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of podcasts featuring unique voices from the Asian American community. We're very glad to be amongst a lot of really, really great podcasts, including They Call Us Bruce. They Call Us Bruce is a pop culture discussion podcast featuring unfiltered conversations about what's happening in Asian America. It's hosted by Phil Yu of Angry Asian Man and veteran Asian American journalist Jeff Yang. Um, check out their latest episode where they talk about love and valentines with Taz Ahmed, host of another potluck podcast, Good Muslim, Bad Muslim. You can check out They Call Us Bruce and the other great podcasts of the Potluck Collective by checking out the website podcastpotluck.com. And with that, thanks for listening to my spiel for another week, and let's get you back to the show. And welcome back to the Collabcast. This is episode 100. Break? And 59. Let's peel back the curtain. We didn't take a break. We went straight through. Um, <laughs> BTS. We're here with our guest, award-winning director, Andrew Ahn, um, of both screen and TV screen. <laughs> Streaming. Episodic. Filming Na- screen. Narrative yeah. and episodics now. Um, and music videos that I got to be in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was really fun. Congratulations on your new... Film baby, I guess. Thank you. Or yeah, TV baby. TV baby. TV yeah, baby. my first TV baby. It um, really was. I just want a side sidebar. It was it really was an honor. Like legit, <laughs> I played a background character in a music video for Dia Frampton, but I was legit. Like how, I got directed by Andrew. How on. was Andrew as a director? He's great. Did he give you the right motivation? <laughs> he really he he has vision of like what's supposed to happen. He conve- communicates that, and then he kind of lets just like uh, in our music video, <laughs> the artists. We're given the 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 liberty and the responsibility and the pleasure just to like play. He's just like, let's see how that goes. I really liked how open he was. He's like, oh, that was it. And then I did some some stuff with the chip. <laughs> Minji, <laughs> like, and Minji, it's one of my favorite moments in the music video. So it's for Dia Frampton's um, Crave. Uh, Crave. Yeah. And uh, and two of the characters like leave this karaoke. And um, and Minji waves goodbye with a chip in her hand, and I just like re- I remember seeing that and like cracking up laughing, and then and then like when I was editing it, I was like, so this is this is the the first shot that I know that I'm gonna keep for sure. Yes, <laughs> you know. Um, See, and that's art <laughs> because it was truth. It was that's awesome. I'm just hanging out with my friends. You know what I'm saying? If I'm playing a role and I'm doing it badly, that chip would never have been waved. I would have put it down and then waved my hand, and then it would have been all wrong, and you wouldn't know why. But it would just be wrong. Is this the effect of being directed by an award? Exactly, is what I'm saying. Oh, There's a difference when someone who you trust with creative vision lets you release that you know what i mean yeah yeah so i i've been blessed to experience that people Thank always you. play like the aziz and sorry alan yang like emmy or golden glow speech and i feel like they should play andrew on's like andrew your speech was really spirit great. award oh, uh, speech did we ever more. talk about that on our podcast we did, we did. Like, well we mentioned it we mentioned, we mentioned about, our friend we ever, andrew on got yeah but an award we never asked speech, you and you wore a really good suit what yeah you look you look so fly <laughs> thank you. that's your version like thank you for the eyebrow compliment this is me <laughs> giving it back what was that like because we never got to get your 
experience. I mean, it's Spirit Award. It's 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 uh, it's a funny thing because um, we didn't expect to win. You know, like we really didn't expect to win. And like Aubrey Plaza, like <laughs> opened up the envelope and then said Spana. And I, I, I literally, I literally like screamed. Like I just screamed, like because I wasn't expecting it. Um, and you know, like I, I remember um, my producer. She had sent me um, uh, a clip from. Uh, one of the past Spirit Awards where Ryan Coogler won a Spirit Award for uh, Fruitvale Station. Mm. And she was just like, you know, he had such a great platform and this opportunity to say something meaningful, and he did. And it was kind of like a hint, hint, like you should prepare something. Um, And his speech was amazing, you know? And I just remember being like, I can't do this. (laughs) But, you know, I I did want to like... I did want to prepare something and I, I, I just thought a lot about kind of, you know, I have this opportunity um, to uh, have people pay attention to me. And like in that room, like, like Matt Damon was in there, you know, <laughs> like, and, and the heads of like giant production companies at, you know, like a 24 and Aperna, Amazon, like, you know, I had the ear of so many um, uh, important, significant people um, who have the the power to to shift the industry? I was like, let me let me take advantage of it, you know. And so it would be irresponsible if I didn't have like some element of what I wanted to say like planned. Um, and, and you know, it's one of those things where like I would like drive and kind of think about what I w- what would be like cool <laughs> to say, but I never like wrote anything down or you know didn't like commit anything. Um, you know, to to memory, but it was kind of just uh, it was like an attitude. It was um, uh, you know, topics that I wanted to touch upon. Um, yeah, you know, and 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 it really helped me kind of get my name out there, and and, yeah. and I got I got a, a kind of um, boost in in exposure and and more meanings, and and in some ways, I feel like I, I got this job. Um, directing uh, the TV show this close because, you know, of Spa Night and because of what I wanted to do in the industry. Um, I mean, it's certainly not the only way because, you know, merit and having people who can vouch for you within networks and whatever certainly count for a lot for you to advance. But it's another example of like the visibility of somebody's project or like their achievements it does play a big role it matters you know i constantly have some of this ongoing argument with some some youngsters where i'm just blown away like you're growing up in the age of instagram you're telling me you don't get why representation matters Mm. (laughs) like what um but i definitely know at least in the artist community like wherever we were but definitely in la we were like all crying (laughs) i mean it definitely (laughs) it gives us such a sense of like yes yeah you know and so now i can introduce you instead of like the director of the award winning film spa night now it's award-winning director the award-winning film spa night <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep well thank you yeah um yeah i mean it's it's uh i like, felt so seen <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I've, I've joked with friends like where it's like oh like you know now i just need to win uh an oscar a grammy and a tony Right and an Emmy, Emmy. and then and then I'll have the very prestigious Igati, you know, because of the Independent Spirit Award. Uh, Okay, okay. (laughs) So you gotta make Spotlight into a musical, into a musical, turn that musical into an album. (laughs) 
um, class sure. album. So that's your Grammy <laughs> and your Tony. And then get a PBS special made about it. Mm-hmm. Just do the Lin Manuel route and go that way. <laughs> what are the new media awards? Is it like the Shorties or what is it called? The Razzies? The, 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 the Razzies are the, the worst re- reverse Oscars. Yeah. Okay, never yeah. mind. Take it back. <laughs> um, the Shorties. I think there's, there's a Shorties and the Webbies. Uh, Webbies. I don't even know. Yeah, because you're young and cool and hip and relevant. But I don't think either of them are like official, like academy type things. Of I course, think it's, just, it's like, just another way to like. Yeah, I rock. I think they're still like <laughs> have fun, popular gold yeah. things like MTV Music Awards. Right. Yeah. Can you can you tell us a little bit? Because so we've been able to talk to you about Spa Night, and mm-hmm. so I want to hear more about this close. Yeah. Every so. time I say it, I need to like. Like this close to the mic? Yeah, Yeah. this close. Um, Well, so the TV show is about uh, two best friends um, who live in Los Angeles uh, who are both deaf. And it's about um, kind of the the joys and the pain of, like, you know, having a best friend and being super close to someone, you know, um, where that person can make you super happy, but then can also wreck you, wreck you, betray you, mm-hmm. you know, make you feel like crap. And, and, um, and, uh, the show has a lot to do with communication and how like you can speak the same language, but then still miscommunicate, you know? And, and, um, and so the show is really groundbreaking in a way because, um, it's the first show, uh, where uh, the creators, the writers, and the leads are deaf. Um, and, and that, to me, um, is just, like, such a great sign of the industry changing and, and this idea of, um, like, authorship and, and people from within a community being able to tell stories about their community. Yeah, the own voices movement, right? Yeah, yeah. you know, I think that that's really huge. And, and I think that's why I was hired, you know, why... Um, Josh Feldman, Shoshana Stern, um, the creators, they invited me to, to direct, you know, the show is because, um, I would be really sensitive to that authorship and I wouldn't try and like make this mine. I wasn't going to like, you know, um, uh, drown out, you know, their perspective, um, it's to show their perspective. Like, yeah, exactly. Job. Yeah, I yeah. wanted to enhance that. I wanted to to bring it to life. And so, um, you know, I think they saw Spawnite and really appreciated the fact that, um, like, I know what that means. I know the, you know, the the passion and inspiration to tell your own story, you know, and I think that um, – you know, they they really appreciated that. And um, and it was just a really great collaboration. Um, I did all six episodes of the first season. Yeah. Um, it's about 25-minute episodes um, for Sundance Now. Um, and it was, you know, like, it was grueling and it was really <laughs> fast. You know, like, Spa Night took me five years to make. And... Um, and this close, uh, you know, I started working on that in like June, you know, like it was like eight months, less than wow. eight months. And done know? and done and in the film festival and, and streaming. Yeah, now. <laughs> it was it was like blazingly fast. And uh, and and in many ways, uh, you know, it was was such a great like learning lesson for me. Like I um, you know, like I did my first stunt scene and like, <laughs> you know, I like worked with an Academy Award winning actress and. You know, it was uh, it was it was intense, but, but yeah, I mean the 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 great thing about it is like on top of all this, it's just really meaningful, right? Like that yeah. that this is a show that um, can really change uh, perceptions, can really 
um, humanize a community that people, you know, haven't necessarily had uh, a lot of exposure to, um, and, and is 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 just pushing uh, this kind of um, uh, progress forward in the industry. Well, that's what Marvin and I have talked about with our Sundance experiences and just like getting familiar because last year was Marvin's first time there and I've only been there, you know, last three and just understanding the vibe there mm-hmm. and also kind of what that vibe and what that community cultivates because it's a very different vibe than say the LA scene for yeah, sure because yeah. we're up to our eyeballs in all the Instagram posts and all the view counts and all the big names and who do they know and the agents and managers Sundance feels like and you know it's changed a lot too and it's grown but it still <laughs> maintains kind of like this is the place where we want to take risks and like mm-hmm. push the envelope a little bit this is where new ideas can kind of be born and seen by people both, you know, on all ends of the spectrum, like people are super, super big and people who are just the newbie up and comers. I mean, you can say that diversity is the trending thing right now, but at least Sundance is also walking the walk. And I mean, especially this year, we talked about this on our Sundance episode. There was a ton of movies from the black community that premiered this year. And, you know, it was either Robert Redford or, or one of his um, his co-directors like, was saying, um, these are all two years off of Oscar So White that first year. Mm-hmm. And this could be seen as a reaction to that. So, I mean, we can see maybe next year or the year after that, we'll see the reaction to Whitewashed Out and um, yeah. see a lot of Asian American films come through. Hopefully. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely, you know, these... Um, these moments of, uh, you know, where the industry is called out, you know, like April Rain with Oscar So White, like, mm-hmm. like it, it's, uh, it's, it's a thing for for people to to become inspired. You know, it's it's something to rally around, and um, and uh, and I think, you know, it's 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 uh, just a really, um, it's a really like edifying thing where it's like oh this isn't just like me having a problem making a movie it's like all of us and and so to support each other and help each other um but yeah i mean like i think sundance has done such a great job of of giving a platform to stories like spawnite or like this close yeah um and uh and and for me like you know it it was interesting like working on a project that wasn't explicit you know what it's not a Korean American story, yeah. you know, and I remember my uncle like being really like he he was like really impressed by the fact that like oh like you know there there are there are white people in your TV yeah show. you're being entrusted <laughs> to tell the non Korean I mean, story and even so it's still a marginalized community because you know it's not racial but um, ability wise like yeah yeah like, yeah and I have to say like that's um, you know I think. Uh, even when I, I gave my speech at the Spirit Awards, like I actually I didn't mention disability, and 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 for me it is it's kind of, um, you know it, it's a it can often be overlooked, and um, and that to me you know I, I think that's really why I felt super um, you know passionate and 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 fortunate to to work on this project because you know I can I I could help in some way and, 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 you know, really just, uh, like have, um, a good time making something with artists, um, that, you know, can, can do work, you know, can better society. Um, you know, and then of course, like I wanted to cast as many Asian Americans in it as, as possible. I mean, I use your, use your platform yeah, to like, no. but, you know, so we, yeah. we, you know, in the first, um, 
uh, actually just the first two episodes, the one that the ones that uh, that released um, the other day. Um, uh, Keiko Agena is in the is in the show. Um, she plays nice. the main character's boss, uh, <laughs> uh, publisher, and um, uh, Nicole Bilderback um, is in the film uh, in the show. Uh, she's uh, she she was in Bring It On and um, Clueless, and then also Rodney Toe. Um, who is in Parks and Rec? Um, he plays. He's like a hairstylist. He's the hairdresser. Yeah, yeah he's the hair- <laughs> him. Donna's he's, hairstylist. He's hilarious and just like uh, and, and and super talented. And so it was just great to be able to like, you know, um, uh, just keep pushing inclusion um, on all fronts and um, you know yeah. and and make work. I have a question because mm-hmm. we, you were on the Sundance panel when we did our AP filmmakers experience at Sundance, which was which was amazing. And that conversation um, was like so candid, so real, very helpful. It was very, you know, it was grounded, but it was like talking about next steps. And I really like figuring out how do we address what the stuff is now, whatever that stuff may be, bad or good, to make tomorrow better you know, more creative, more productive, what what have you, right? One of the conversations that came up was Tiffany, um, mm-hmm. who was one of the finalists from the 2017 HBO AP Visionaries, and her also guest the podcast. She came to the podcast, and we talked kind of. Ex- I, had, I had coffee with her the other day. We actually. expanded our conversation from uh-huh. that day where we were talking about imposter syndrome. Uh-huh. So my question to you, because like that's the growth, right? Like you've come off of doing Spa Night and, and the Independent Spirit Awards and everything like that. How how relevant is the imposter syndrome thing to you? Because it's part of that thing, right? Like the whole fake it till you make a thing. Just assuming authority and you as director, you play a really pivotal role in like setting the vibe, setting the tone, kind of like moving things forward, X, Y, Z. And a lot of people don't know how that actually works, right? Like not everyone knows what it's like mm-hmm. to be on set and what authority you do have, things like that. How has that changed for you? Like, I'm really curious how your mentality or confidence has changed. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still learning. And actually, I think my attitude in, in, you know, my career is that every film is going to be a learning experience, you know, and um, you're always going to 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 find um, lessons, you know, in the work. And and so for me, I mean, I think imposter syndrome, I think it's. I, I think faking it until you make it is so important, actually. Like, you, you kind of have to to go out there with the confidence and, and with um, the belief, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because if you don't have that, you're, you're not even going to – it's it's. I mean, if you don't believe in yourself, like who's going to – That's gonna, a yeah. quote like, yeah. I love from Oprah. It's like, you don't become what you want. You become what you believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you really have to, to yeah. go for it. Uh, you know, and at the same time, you know, I think it's really important that, you know, that you're honest about what you don't know. Right. You know, and... Um, so you can't and, fake it too much. <laughs> <laughs> kind you, of. You. Kind of. But it's also like, yeah, you can't fake it too much. But it's also, I really respect people when they say, like, I don't know this, you know, like, let me learn. And and I think um, I think that second half of that you know, you know, uh, is, is important that it's like, okay, I don't know this, but let me learn, like, let me find out. And and I think, I think a lot of people, if they, if they get called out and they, you know, people say like, you don't know this, you know, they just get paralyzed or they get frozen. And it's like, no, no, no. Like use that as an opportunity to get to know more. Um, but yeah, I think you, you have to believe in yourself and you also have to like realize that, um, 
the people who have like quote unquote made it often like haven't necessarily done more than you. You know, I remember people <laughs> telling me like, mm-hmm. oh my God, like you made Spa Night and like, like that's so amazing. And I'm just like, look, I made two short films before that. And then I made this feature, you know, like, have you made short films? And they'll say, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, great. Like you're, you're only <laughs> one thing away, you know, from where I am. And it's, um, and so for me, it's like, it, it it's, it's about staying focused on the work. Mm-hmm. It's about like knowing what your strengths are and like utilizing those strengths. Um, and, and, and just like being confident in what you know you're good at and then being confident in the process f- for you to learn something, you know, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's definitely a difference between like fake it till you make it doesn't mean like pretend you know everything. Right. It, it just means like, acting like you belong there mm-hmm. because oftentimes if you're there you do belong there you're there for yeah. a reason someone oh, yeah. someone believes in you exactly or someone thinks you should be here right right so assume the position and hopefully in in effort that you will actually catch up to yeah. the fact that hey i have something to contribute i have been trained or educated or i have the willingness to learn how to catch up <laughs> yeah. you know like you can't fake it forever yeah, yeah. please don't do that <laughs> Can but, I can yeah. I tell you my crazy story? Did I did I tell you my crazy story about White Rabbit? No. Oh, guys, guys. Okay. Get ready. I, hold on. <laughs> so I, I went to go watch White Rabbit. That yeah. was co-written, um, produced, and starring uh, Vivian Bang. And and I had met Vivian um, uh, kind of right after Spa Night. Like she had seen the film and she you know, really enjoyed it and um, just wanted to meet other Korean-American creators. Right. White Rabbit, for our listeners, is a film that debuted, that premiered at the Sundance Film Festival. Yes. Yeah, yeah just this past year, so yeah. a couple uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, and so, you know, we'd done this panel together at Sundance and, and, you know, she was like, I'd love for you to watch the film. And I was like, of course. And so I was able to get a ticket toward the end of the festival. Um, and Vivian had already left by then, which was, you know, too bad. But um, I was able to go see it. And I'm watching the movie. And, you know, Vivian's character uh, is this performance artist who, um, you know, does these uh, like kind of public performance art uh, pieces um, where she like talks about like uh, the Korean American immigrant experience about the LA riots. And uh, there are all these like shots, candid shots of people like in these actual <laughs> spaces, like turning around to like see what's going on. Who yeah. is this chick? And I'm, and I'm watching the movie and um, my dad is in the movie. <laughs> 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 like there is a close up. Of my father when he's in the um, turning the, around when she's in the mall. The yeah, area. so she's, oh she's she's doing a performance piece like inside the food court at the city center mall. Yeah, in Koreatown. Yeah, and there's a close up of my father turning around to look at her, and <laughs> and it's and it's a pretty long close up too, long enough for me in the theater to scream, "That's my dad!" <laughs> <laughs> I was like totally freaking out, like. Um, David Nin from Kickstarter was sitting next to me and like couldn't stop laughing, you know. And I just was like so shocked, you know, to see him there. You're and like, I'm just, did he like, sign a release? And he he eats lunch there like all the time, so it totally makes sense. And then I asked my dad, I was like, did you know that you were in this movie? And he was like, oh yeah, I remember when they were filming that. Like he didn't realize that he was in it, like, but he remembered that day, you know, like that like something was going on and. 
you know, and I was just like, it was so (laughs) crazy. It was so ridiculous. I couldn't believe it. And of course, and my dad's like in all of my films, you know, like at this point, he like. He should have an IMDb page. Yeah, yeah. should be coming after (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Has he paid um, his dues yet? (laughs) What name will he register? I couldn't believe it. It was so cute. It was so nuts. I remember that scene. I was like, are these all like just candid reactions or are these all Mm -hmm. actors that they hire? You could tell that they're pretty candid. I mean, yeah. Yeah, they're candid. Yeah. It was great. But yeah, I mean, I I wrote to Vivian and I was like, my dad's in your movie. You know, like, it's so funny. Did you pay him Um, equity? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, that was like my crazy Sundance story. And I mean, it just goes to show you like how small the community is. That's what I was going to say. The community is that big. I remember that scene because I was like, I've been to that food court. I've been to that food. Yeah. (laughs) No, it was so familiar. Everything in like, it's so LA. I know, like Echo Park. Yeah, I knew so many of the locations. (laughs) I like, I really. That's what I praise Vivian that she made it her her really her story. She didn't like dilute it to so that make it more accessible, quote unquote. That's like people are like, yeah, I know that. (laughs) Um. So what's next for you, Andrew? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm hoping you know, knock on wood, season two uh, (laughs) of the show would be awesome and uh, just an opportunity to continue telling stories. And, you know, one of the main goals for for the show is to show three-dimensional people and, you know, that deafness isn't what defines them, you know, that it's just a part of their identity and a part of their lives. And so for me, it's like, yeah, let's tell more stories because that's just going to help, you know, that that point, that cause. Um, So... Hopefully season two and then also uh, working on the next feature um, that uh, I can't say too much about. But it's a really cool project, a a really uh, beautiful story about um, uh, a mother and son um, uh, that I'll be shooting probably in New York in the summer. Uh, And then working on my own stuff, you know, writing, um, uh, doing an adaptation of a novel uh, written by a Korean-American novelist. And, um, you know, I think... Uh, I'm always going to go back to, you know, the communities that that I'm a part of in my work, even though everything that I might make not might not be gay, might not be <laughs> Korean. You know, it's it's always the cornerstone of 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 who I am, and so I think it's always going to be a part of of my my film and. Of course, and it'll projects. be infused yeah. in your and in your voice. We're all glad to have you in that Thank corner you. too, Thank making making the work because it's it's needed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, if people want to watch again, if people want to watch this close, they should go watch it at um, Sundance Now. Yep, SundanceNow dot com, um, and then I don't know for how much longer this coupon code will be uh, uh, valid, but um, SFF eighteen uh, if you want a free month. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's enough time to because honestly, if you all watch the show. We can get Andrew that second season. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Support. <laughs> um, if people want to follow your uh, your uh, if people want to follow your social media, where, where can they find? Yeah, you? so Twitter's the best way. So it's at uh, Andrew on Films. Um, my Instagram is is private because um, I have like photos of people and me <laughs> that I just you know it's like it's different. But yes, Twitter's the best way. Awesome. Um, and as always, uh, you can cat- you can contact Minji and myself at the Collabcast by emailing us at podcast at collaborators.org. Subscribe to us on 
uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcast. You listen, nice rating review, yada yada yada. Uh, thanks to Dan, aka Dan, for this week's intro and outro. And that'll do it for this episode of the Collabcast. Thank you for joining us for episode 159. 59. Next week's gonna be 160. Have a great week, everyone. I'll try to watch more things with that. And just watch Olympics. And Black Panther. Olympics, all oh, Black Panther, of course. Yeah. Yes. Thank we'll you, Andrew. Thank you, thank you. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Let me go down in a glory. What doesn't kill you, it gives you a story. What doesn't kill you, it buys if you're friends for the night. You can deal with it.